0: But here, on the very rim of known space,
1: justice is a long way away.
2: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian. And joining me, as always, is your co-host, Spaz. Bouncing in. (laughs) Your co-host, Julie.
0: Hello, from the great gray Norse.
2: Oh, is it, uh, yeah. It's, It's still winter here in America. Um... Uh, your co-host Thorsten.
1: Ah, uh, still somehow alive.
2: <laughs> your voice sounds a lot better. Uh, your co-host. Thank you. Surprisingly, your co-host Jacob joining us from holiday in. Where are you in Italy?
1: If
2: well, you don't mind me saying so, if you don't mind. The me mountains. Asking. Oh, that's a that's that is that northern Italy? If I'm am I remembering? Yes. Okay. Um. Okay, and. Uh, we're happy that you made it. We weren't sure that you were going to make it. And uh, finally, your co-host, David.
3: Greetings, everybody.
2: So, uh, friends, we have a topic this week. It was suggested by uh, our Discord member, Andre, right? That's how you say it, Andre? Am I saying it yeah. right? Is it? It's Andre, right? I say a lot of things wrong, and my wife gives me so much crap about it. Like, she doesn't like the, the way I say uh, uh, Mario. She doesn't like the way I say Mario, for example, or uh, Nevada. <laughs> Apparently, I say certain words wrong because of where I'm from, um, according to her. So, I get it. I get it. Problem with Nevada. Supernatural. Yeah, so, what so, I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna do it. Uh, the topic, you boss a nut, yeah. Thank you.
1: Uh,
2: <laughs> you, you want to see the whitest white guy? Just look at this, 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 this asshole right here. Um, so our topic this week is games that we initially bounced off of that we returned to later and clicked with, basically. So, like. So a game that you tried once and you're like, what the hell is this? I'm never playing this again. And then for some reason you go back to it. And uh it finally um it finally clicks with you. And so I talk about this. So I'll I'll start because I I have I have two. And the first one is obvious. It should be anyway. I talk about this game all the time. Starfleet 2. Uh, Krell and Commander. The video that uh, I'm streaming right now is the f- like the first time I ever played this game, I never I didn't play it when it came out. Sorry, Trevor, uh, I've told you this, but I know you're gonna listen. I didn't play it when it came out because the reviews for it were terrible, and so I I didn't play it when it came out. And I tried to play it uh, six years ago. This video is from six years ago when I first tried to play it, and I it's embarrassing. I it's it I it's public. It's embarrassing. You can. If you if you want to watch someone embarrass themselves, watch me play this for the first time. Uh, it is, it is, it is absolutely, it is absolutely embarrassing. Um, so I, I I didn't touch it after that for years, but I felt bad. I am like, there is something here, there is something to this, and I should give it a chance, you know. Uh, but it took me four years to get back to it and obviously once i did it it turned out to be amazing and it's become my favorite game but when i first played it i was so horrified at how bad i was at it <laughs> i was so embarrassed that um that i just didn't touch it again for several years but something nagged at me something was like there was there was a bit of guilt there was there <laughs> Uh, uh, what's, what's the gas giant invasion, Fernando? <laughs> oh, um, so, uh, yeah, it was really embarrassing. So if you want to, if you want to watch someone be an idiot at a game, watch my first video of Starfleet two from six years ago. Uh, it's, it's, Boy. it's embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. But the other game I wanted to mention is, uh, X-Wing versus TIE fighter. Um, when, when, when X-Wing versus TIE Fighter originally came out in 1997, I was not a fan of multiplayer at all. I'm still mostly not, but I wasn't a fan of any multiplayer. I'd finished X-Wing with all of his expansions. I'd finished TIE Fighter with all of its expansions. I love them, love them, love them, love them. So of course, oh, there's a new X-Wing game coming out. I have to get it. And I bought it like the day, like release day. I bought it release day and I brought it home And I loaded it up. I'm like, where are the campaigns? What is all this this single-mission nonsense? Where are the campaigns? And, um, oh, you have to be online to play this? I mean, you kind of could play it with bots, but it's like, they want you to play this online? Okay, I'll try it with my shitty DSL connection. I think I had DSL back in 1997 or 98. Was it 97 or 98 that this game came out? I don't remember. I think it was 97. I think I had DSL, which wasn't great, but it was better than dial up. And I had such a crappy experience. I didn't touch it for almost 20 years. Like, I hated it. But then, once I, you know, once I had a commute, once I started having a community here at uh, Space Game Junkie, certain people were like, you should really give this game a try, especially with its balance of power campaigns. I was like, I don't know. But. One, it's it's actually turned out. It's I think it was ahead of its time, which is part of the problem. Like that game is amazing, X Wing versus Tie Fighter. The fact that you can play through both of its campaigns with eight player co op is astounding, even today. Like what other? There's only like a few other space fighter combat games that let you do that, and 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 that's and and so it's it's rare, and I think. Still, if you, want a better, if you want the best X-Wing and TIE Fighter multiplayer experience, you play this. Not Squadrons. Fuck Squadrons. Excuse my language, but fuck that game. Fuck it in the air. Um, Squadrons is shit. Uh, if you want the premier multiplayer Star Wars space fighter combat game, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter is still the best pick, I think. But it took me not only getting over my own hatred of multiplayer, but finding the right people to play with. That really turned me around this game. And now I love it. Now I absolutely love it. At some point I'll finish the Balance of Power campaigns. They're so hard, you guys. They're so hard. <laughs> but someday I'll finish them. Um but those are the uh those are the two games that uh I bounced off of initially, but through various reasons went back to and just fell in love with. So uh Spaz, you got one?
4: I do not because I don't typically return to games that I've dropped. Okay. That's that's completely fair.
2: That's good. Co- that's completely yeah, fair. I mean,
4: typically if I if I bounce off a game, it's because of either major technical issues or because I recognize that it's not for me and mm. it takes a, it takes a lot for me to actually bounce off a game. So, if I'm enjoying enough of it that I have to stop for a while and I return to it. That's fine. That's not bouncing off of it, though, because I'm still enjoying the time that I'm spending with it. But I'm more patient for that sort of thing than uh, most people in our community, you, I would say. You considering-
2: have, so you have reservoirs of patience, whereas I have puddles.
4: Uh, Well, considering that, yeah, (laughs) I'll I'll put in 1,500 hours into No Man's Sky. I'll put in (laughs) 400 hours into roguelikes. I do that, but that's me. And so that's why I say it takes a lot for me to bounce off a game. And if I do bounce off, I generally won't have enough reason to want to return to it. Right.
2: No, that makes sense. What else is that? That that make that makes sense. Yeah, you you seem to have more staying power with games than just about anybody I know. Like I don't know a lot of people who stick with games like you do.
4: <laughs> so that totally that answer totally oh. makes sense. <laughs> I will bounce between a lot of games, but bouncing but, off of them is a completely different. Yeah, but, but you
2: stick with them until you, finish, or you You get dozens or hundreds of hours of them. You bounce between them, but you still stick with them for the long haul. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so that makes, that makes completely, that makes complete sense to me that you don't have an answer. Uh, totally fine. Oh, uh, okay. So, uh, Julie, you got one. I have
0: two, one I just thought about as well. Okay. And, uh, and, and I think the second one qualifies, which i will go first because I bounced off it came back for six years and then quit for a whole different set of reasons. But the first one is Eve online. When I first tried this, the, and there's this famous, and I'm sure somebody can link it, this famous graph. And it has learning, it's called learning curve. And it's like um, all these players the X- going off the a X-KCD,
2: cliff. XKCD uh, comic. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, yeah. uh, when i first started to play this and i've always been interested in the industrial side of uh, of uh, yvonne line not the let's go out and kill newbies Uh, and so when i first tried to get a handle on the game keep in mind when ccp still owned the whole thing uh, they actually had someone who was an economist uh, on staff to handle the industry side of the game and so the first time i tried to play this and i said this is bs i've already got a graduate degree in business i don't need to do it my off time and i quit altogether and uh i later came back when they revised the uh the new player system and i found that i enjoyed the mining part Uh, a lot better and i really kind of and i know some people may think it's stupid but my big thing was going out there in my hulk and mining listening after a really tough day at work doing nothing but listening to the hum of the mining lasers and uh then hulk again came and everybody knows what happened with me and that how i was uh had this little Hitler thing with me as Hitler on YouTube for a while. Uh, oh, again,
5: right. That yeah. thing.
0: And so uh, my second one was uh, X4 Foundations. And I originally bounced hmm. off it for the same thing, reason, is I originally it was kind of the tactics, strategy kind of, Part of it was a little much for me, not the, not the hop in a cockpit and shoot people down. That one's, it's kind of a combination game. And so I said, look, this is not for me. And, uh, I, I watched some people playing and, uh, thank you, Spaz. I talked to him about it. And, uh, I also found out, um, God bless the people who made the game. They've got a discord server. Where you could go and say, "Look, I'm stuck," and I think what really did it for me was when they had this little scenario you could start, and it was this race called the Talati, and they're all supposed to be like they're they're kind of like the Ferengi of the of the x four universe, and so there was this one scenario where this Talati. Uh, he's a big disappointment to his family, and I said, "Oh, I got that one covered from the get-go, right?" And so he inherits this industrial complex, and he just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's down and out, and it looks terrible. And you start out by uh mining and trying to turn the whole thing around and i said well now this i can really get behind so i talked to spaz about the game and whenever i got stuck i went out to the uh, discord server started by the devs who made the game and i said look i am just hopelessly mired and i don't know what to do and uh the only reason he ever quit playing the game is because as I think I've mentioned on another podcast I convinced the race that are all drones to invade the galaxy and I said well my work here is done so those are my two games
2: uh it's it's good to hear that you got help from the community on x4 I've noticed that the community uh the X community is is pretty uh positive and helpful unlike unlike Eve online so <laughs>
0: Uh, Yeah, even online is just oh noob go play another game and you know and it's like well been playing the game for six years and you're gonna run out of noobs and (laughs) when they (laughs) ccp finally had to be sold i was happy to say I told you so, and so. Um, but I found that the X4 Foundations community—they were great. They had a Discord channel just for people who were lost, and uh, it was just fantastic.
2: That's really nice. That's really good to hear. It's all—it's always good when you hear that a game has a positive community because uh, so many don't. Um. All right. Th- those are uh, those are excellent choices, actually. Okay. So uh, Thorsten, you got one.
1: Uh, actually, two, and both are super embarrassing.
2: That's fine, uh, man. Don't worry about <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> first, first apologies to the to the developer because uh, this name comes a second time uh, today, uh, and it's uh, Travis Travis star um, Starlykins.
2: Oh right.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, It's basically the the Ground Invasion uh, 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 game uh, from from Starfleet 2, but as a separate game. And as I first started up this game, uh, my first thought was, what's this? What's (laughs) going on here? I don't understand anything. And uh, I left it uh, aside for... uh, about half a year or so and and then i started it up again and thought wow this isn't bad i like this and uh, i ended up i ended up uh, playing it for half a year or so in a row back then (laughs) and uh, the second game is even more embarrassing because it's my favorite game ever and that's uh bias Alpha Centauri uh, alien crossfire oh, that's a good one first, yeah my first thought was when when I, when I first started this this game up I thought what's this what's about what what's going on with these graphics why don't why don't I simply use uh, 2d graphics and and, 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 and use this uh, 3d 3d stuff and uh, all, all all that's what's going on there and uh, I didn't touch this game for about a year, and then I started it up again. Um, Let's put it this way. Uh, I seem to have grown a bit in in, in this year, and I was uh, super surprised when I've actually uh, learned how to play this game, how complex it, it, it was or is and uh, how much depth it, it, it has and um actually uh, 22 years later i i think I've, I've sank several thousand hours in into this game so um i'm still i'm still i'm still uh, really em- embarrassed by, by by the fact that i didn't like this game at first but uh now um hey we make arrow awesome. <laughs> you know, that, so that, that's, that's totally fine. I to I mean,
2: that game is awesome. So, uh, <laughs> yeah,
4: and to be fair, sometimes you're not in the right headspace to use the phrase when yeah. you first approach a game. Uh, if you're not, say for example, used to strategy games, that one may not be a good one to start with because of how complex it is. On the other hand, if you're going in with a certain expectation of what it will be, and it defies those expectations, you might bounce off of it for uh, for that reason, as opposed to, even even with experience, you might bounce off of it, because you're expecting it to be one thing, and you're being handed a completely different kind of game.
1: Yes, that's exactly what, what happened uh, with this game. Because... Uh... Seriously, I expected something like Civilization 2 or, or so, and
2: uh, oh, oh,
1: it was, <laughs> it, was, it was a bit different. Let's oh, put it wow. this way. I,
2: I get that. Like, if you're going in expecting Civ 2 and you get Alpha Centauri, you're like, whoa. <laughs>
4: yeah, no, I get that. They're <laughs> very yeah, different. I mean, bit, yeah. Or to, to use another example, more recently from one of Brian's streams, uh, the most recent Starship Troopers game. He was expecting certain uh, certain RTS controls and certain RTS standards true. that other RTS games use. But because he went in blind and didn't know that they did things a lot differently, he ended up bouncing off of it because of the things that are unconventional about it.
2: Yeah, Which other people true. have enjoyed. I should return to that one. I feel kind of bad about it, actually. <laughs> I, I honestly do feel bad. I feel like I didn't give that one a fair shake because I again went in blind. You said maybe I'll give that one another chance at some point. <laughs> but man, now I want to play Alpha Centauri. It's been a while, and that game is still—it's really good. It's—I still, I still so don't good. know how to
5: play it, but it's really good.
2: Oh, it's so good! It's so Play a demo. It's—it's <laughs> it's like it's worth the six dollars on GOG. It's—it's it's just worth the six dollars. <laughs> God, you could play that game forever. And like Thorsten said, people probably have. <laughs> Man, that ge- that's a great game. All right, Jacob, what do you got?
5: So for games I dragged myself back to from a pit of not playing them, uh, <laughs> the obvious one here is a game I keep mentioning recently because I played it recently a lot, that is Guild Wars 2, uh, which, I, um, well, which I came back to because it got a Steam release, and I dropped it because... I don't know. It was 10 years ago. Genuinely. uh, I played it like shortly after release. uh, And at the time I didn't really figure out uh, how to make it work. It's a very different dumbass.
2: Well, it's also a very different, like a lot of MMOs like world of Warcraft and Lord of the Rings online. Like you go to a quest giver, you get a quest and you do that ad nauseum and you just, Keep, and and quests are a little different in Guild Wars Two. The world works a little differently in Guild Wars Two. It it, it 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 it's really its own thing. So, oh, I've, absolutely, I've bounced off it a few times. Honestly, I came back to it for the Steam release as well. And uh, I have to remind myself that it's trying to do something a little different than my usual Lord of the Rings online. <laughs> <laughs> so I get, I totally get that one. I totally get that one.
5: Yeah, I don't really have much else to say about it because any reason I would have had for ditching it was long forgotten by, well, me. Uh, I think at the time I was just, yeah, I think I was just like stuck somewhere and didn't know how to pro- progress or I didn't really figure out how the game worked. Uh, also, at the time I was, what was that? right 13 yeah i'll do it uh oh
2: wow wow i don't know if yes, i could have
5: but i came back to it recently after the steam release and it is very much fun i don't know if
2: uh, I, I don't know if i would have enjoyed guild wars 2 when i was 13 honestly
5: could not tell you i didn't <laughs> at the time i played what the hell did i play at 13 a lot of weird things uh <laughs> don't remember what exactly
2: Right. uh and what's the other one you were, you were about to say that before I interrupted? Well, I'm thinking because uh,
5: I don't have any like that I can recall immediately. I think I have a few that I ditched, came back to and ditched again. <laughs> uh, because I do have a few games I play like once a year a lot. And then uh, and then come back to them and then leave them again and so on. Uh, there was actually. All oh, right. Uh, there was the one game uh, Shadow Empire. I believe you. You sh- have a channel for it here, and uh, you should be familiar with it. It is the big, uh, like, not necessarily 4X, forex. It is the big, um, oh, yeah, like grand strategy forexy thing from Slytherin that uh, is kind of m- like mashed together of civilization and uh, these grand and these big uh, line strategy games with hexes, like pan- like a uh, Panzer General or you know. Eastern from like old yeah, old it, school it, war it, games, these it, sort of stuff.
2: Yeah, it's like I, I it's, thought it was fun. It's like a mix of Civilization and Panzer General with an insanely detailed supply system.
5: <laughs> Correct, which is uh, <laughs> which is exactly my kind of game. But it's also a lot of learning.
2: Yeah, it's a ton of learning, and exp- oh, there's oh there's an expansion oh, yes. coming out for it. I can't wait for yes, that. Yes,
5: and yes, there's expansion adding boats, boats, which is. Yeah. I I am legally required to play it now. <laughs> it has boats. I, I'm legally, morally <laughs> obliged to play that game. If it has boats in it, I have to play it. I, I, sorry. Can somebody link this, please? Hold
2: on, let me get it. Um, I don't know but if there are any nice boats.
1: <laughs> Why? Uh, because Shadow Empire is one... Uh, it comes then. very close to... Uh, to um, 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 uh, Alpha Centauri in in, 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 in in a lot of in a lot it is ways. a very similar game it, now that does, I think about it, it. it's does a very have, similar game
2: it does have a very similar vibe you're absolutely correct it doesn't they're uh, both very on like an vibe. alien
5: planet except Alpha Centauri is preset while well, Shadow Empire has a very absolutely a very extensive planet generation which lets you screw yourself over completely in the in the uh, in the creation menu because you <laughs> end up on a planet yes. you cannot survive on. True,
2: True. <laughs> uh
5: but of course yeah, it is far more in depth in the actual shooting phase of it because it was designed less like Civ, where you just throw units at a problem until the problem goes away and more like an actual order of battle game with, you know, logistics and supply lines and unit templates and fun stuff. I just, fun stuff for insane people
2: like me. Uh, uh, I just linked, they have an announcement on what the Oceana DLC actually is. And, uh, it looks super exciting.
1: <laughs> why did I miss that? It's, it's it, it, it has.
2: They haven't. Yeah, it's really
5: an entire DLC that's both.
2: That's They haven't really been like huge about promoting it. Honestly, I don't know why, but like it's kind of been on the down low. Really, like yeah. But I'm I'm
5: really excited for it. I, it has both in it. I have to play it.
2: Okay, so so Since you said that, uh, we're gonna go on a slight tangent here. Since you said that, Jacob, have you ever really on this podcast since you said you have to play things with boats in it? Have you ever played the PT boat games from Akella? Uh,
5: no, I have not. Ah, those are like the most I will need to look up those, (laughs)
2: those are like the most obscure thing.
5: Akella PT boats, PT boats looks.
2: Knights of the Sea. Yes. There it is.
5: Oh, I see. So it's like it's an it's an off-brand. Uh, it's an I'm not gonna say it's an off-brand for Silent Hunter, but the art style is very reminiscent. And uh, it is it, it does exist in this country, apparently. I could get it for like a fiver. Uh, yep. yep. sure.
2: <laughs> it is uh, don't know why it's here.
5: Don't know why it, it, it don't know why it's all in stock. Is this okay? So it is from a Keller, yeah, but it yeah, it strongly resembles Silent Hunter. Yeah, it's, it's and... very
2: obscure. That's why I wanted to throw that one at you. I'm like, oh, you like boats, huh?
5: <laughs> well, now I have to play it. There is, hilariously enough, there is actually, I believe, uh, uh, there is actually a game similar in um similar in style, not, not, not in style, in, in uh, like it, in um what it's about. It is called uh, simply called Boat Crew, and it is inspired by Bomber Crew. Uh, right. From a different... God, who's calling me? One second.
2: No, I've seen Boat Crew. I have seen Boat Crew. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the. Um... Yeah, I thought you were going to talk about. Hang on. I think i got going to talk about the original PT game from um, Accolade back in like the early 90s, I think it was. <laughs> if anyone remembers what I'm oh, talking man, about. Oh, I remember
1: uh, it one.
2: My apologies. Uh,
5: mission Control called in. Uh, uh, anyways, I'm here
2: now. No. Oh, wow. I, f- I forgot that Spectrum Holobyte also did a PT boat game. Um, Apparently there are a lot of PT boats. Uh, what the hell was the one from Accolade called? And
5: I, I was just gonna tangent into freaking, into freaking torpedo boats for the next 30 minutes. You I'm know, fine with that. Oh, I, just, oh, I just need to know if I should prepare myself.
2: Oh my god. It's on Steam.
5: <laughs> Wait what? It's,
2: it's called Gunboat. It came out. Whoops, in 19-
5: like it, then.
2: It, it It it's called Gunboat. It came out in 1990,
1: and it's on Steam. Oh my god! Ah, this, this, this 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 Vietnam Vietnam style uh, uh, thingy. <laughs> uh,
5: gun- yeah, that's it's all. a yeah, it's a Vietnam game. Uh, yeah. Well, it's yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, river.
2: yeah that's the, the river I was Is the highway? Of. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, a PT, uh, basically a patrol boat. E.T. boat, but it's yeah, it's Vietnam, not World War II. That, yeah, I though
5: it is the same like premise. It, it is the same flavor of ship.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, basically. Was a, I played that back in the day. It was fun. Gunboat. That was good stuff. It,
5: it, is, you ha- it, it is. You have a boat with an engine and six machine gun six machine guns on it, and maybe enough armor to stop bullets on a good day.
2: Uh, <laughs> best of luck. Yeah, that was good stuff for 1990. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. And boats are
5: still pretty popular
2: yeah anyway enough of that tangent <laughs> uh david what do you got
3: oh okay so uh, we're not gonna talk about more boats yes just, just making sure
5: <laughs> do you want
2: to i mean we could i mean i i love naval games we could talk about boats all day i love naval games
5: just do a, oh could God. we just do a podcast episode about boats at some point?
2: Boat game junkie? I'll just I'll just launch boat game junkie. <laughs> <laughs> just okay, go sure. all, all boats all the time. Just anything naval. Sure. Just, I would do it. I would totally do it. I love naval games. I love like I'd, I love be
4: I an love entire a- podcast filled <laughs> with naval gazing. <laughs> <laughs> go fucking Jesus <laughs> Christ! Okay. Yeah, I had to go right, on
5: that. No, we have to carry on. After we don't talk. <laughs> It's not getting any better after this. We're carrying Uh. on. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay,
3: okay. Uh, So, my pick here, well, to starters, uh, for starters, uh, what Spass said here in the beginning, I think it kind of applies to me. If it doesn't click with me, I have a hard time going back to it. But I found one. But I found one of those uh, games that I actually bounced back to. Okay. And holy crap! It's uh, it's not as old as yours. Uh, it's actually, it's it is actually younger. So when I um, it's uh, Deus Ex. Um, oh shit, Deus
0: Ex! Yes. What? Wow! Yeah,
1: actually, <laughs>
3: it's
0: uh, kind of amazing. hear
1: this. <laughs> uh, how? Oh, why? Yes, this game so, was amazing from the start. I want to hear this I story. Know.
2: Wait, Let him go. Let him I go. Know. I want to hear this story.
1: <laughs> but you
3: were talking about boats. Okay, okay, story time. <laughs> so I am very slow to uh, to get inspired, to try something new and stuff. So uh, when this game came out uh, in the early 2000s, all my friends were talking, oh, I have you played it, it was like, it's so cool, it's so cool, it's amazing, you need to play it. Uh, I, I never played it, I don't know why, I have no idea. So after high school, I actually bought the game uh, on uh, the now defunct game store called Game for about 99 Swedish kroner, um, which is about nine bucks for you guys. And I played a training area uh, maybe played the first, uh, very first mission on um, on Liberty Island with the um, Day of Liberty. And the controls were so confusing, and I had no idea what I was doing. That was probably something, what can that mean, maybe 2006 or something like that. So I was very late to play Deus Ex, very late. But uh, yeah, I went on to do some other things. And then I finally went back and said, okay, so this game has apparently made... This is apparently an FPS that has uh, shoved around the pages that, okay, in most FPSs at the time, if we're talking about Doom 3 or whatever at the time, you're given a gun, you shoot people, pretty much. I'm used to that. But this game is different. It's built different. It's It's an actual immersive sim. It's my first experience with an immersive sim. But then I changed my mindset when I played the game. And I started playing a game like Metal Gear Solid 2, starting to uh, keep to the shadows and stuff uh, the next time I tried it. And then it clicked.
2: Yeah, finally clicked. That's the way I always do it from the shadows, snipey, snipey, you know.
3: So uh, then I realized holy crap, this is like a first person Metal Gear Solid 2. Why didn't I play this originally? (laughs) <laughs> so uh, I changed up all the controls, made it more a little bit, uh, well, easier to reach uh, scope controls and all this stuff, and wow. Um, yeah, now I finally understand all my friends back uh, in the early 2000, what we we're talking about, because there's so many things in this game to love. Um, with um, giant levels to explore, and an impressive story to follow. Well, the free endings are not maybe that amazing, but... <laughs> There, there are a lot of good things in that game, and I'm happy I went back to the game because I was so incredibly put off by the weird controls when I played uh, that training. I was like, what, what is this? Why can I? <laughs> why, why can I shoot anyone? What is this?
2: I'll, so uh, it is so hard to go back to games of that era sometimes because of the controls. Yeah,
3: but I'm happy I did. I'm really happy. I oh did. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm quite glad you did too. Because yeah, X is. Deus, I can't, I can never say it. Deus X. Never can I. I always want to say Dex. Deus, Deus X. I want to kind of combine them into one word in my brain. I don't know why.
3: <laughs> and if I may go off on a tangent here after I play the game. Absolutely. Um, okay, tangent time from David. So, <laughs> um, years later, um, I don't know, uh, maybe it was about the uh, time when I actually finished the game. And the news came out that oh, there's going to be a Deus Ex sequel. It's going to be a prequel, Human Revolution. And I was like, oh man, I I did at that time uh, try a very very shortly um, Invisible War at one at one friend's place and it didn't work me either. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm not looking forward to uh, Human Revolution at all. I'm no. So uh, about the time. I Divine Cybermancer came out as well. I was like, yeah, look at this thing. Look at this crazy thing. So, uh, yeah, I was fighting to play I Divine Cybermancer, loved it. And then Human Revolution came out, and I sat there. Should I try this game? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should give it a try. And I'm happy I did. Oh, really? Because uh, Human Revolution yeah. was pretty
2: damn good. Oh, really? They
3: they did oh, their homework. Shit. Let's just say it was, that. It was great, yes.
4: Really? The the one thing I would have to say they did badly. The one thing they they did badly with Human Revolution is a tutorializing.
3: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, yeah. I
4: I apparently bounced
2: off of it. I have an hour in it and I never went back to it for some reason. I have it. I
4: just never went back. It has a
3: rough start, if anything. Oh, does it? From what I remember, it's it's been years.
4: Yeah, the, the tutorializing is really bad. Uh, they'll oh. they'll put up a kind of a a video of how things go, and then you don't really see it again. Oh. So you don't actually do the thing. Yeah. So your onboarding is kind of difficult, but uh, if you stick with it, get past all of that, and then uh, give it a little bit of of tenacity uh to push through that. Yeah. There is a great game there. Really? There. Yeah, there oh, is.
2: Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna and reinstall this then. I'm and I'm happy that go. they
3: made that uh, director's cut which um which gave you one free battery that can recharge at all times. So I haven't tried that one, um actually. So oh, that's, I that's really what I have. To go back and try that.
2: That's what I have is the director's cut. Yeah. I, I should go I should go okay, I will go back and give that another shot because I I wanted to like it, but for some reason I bounced off of it. So there we go.
3: Well, it is different. Uh, let's just say that. And if you wonder, no, I haven't played Mankind Divided. I um, I almost wanted to. I never picked it up though. I'm I'm not quite sure why. Um, but I heard um, all but good things about it. Yeah, that I've, is bad things.
2: Yeah, I've not heard no. great things about uh, Mankind Divided. About. about. It
3: Deus Ex, huh? youth mankind, mankind, of, mankind of Oh yeah, that
5: one is okay. It's yeah. not terrible, but it has problems.
3: I'll say uh, give it a shot at some point. But, though, but David has sure. con-
2: David has convinced me to give Human Revolution another try since I Human
5: I Revolution know. is so again. Both of the like Square Enix Deus Ex games are serviceable. They're not great. They're not the best things ever, especially if you expect. If you, Especially if you compare them to uh, the the original, the original Deus Ex. Uh, but they, but uh, as their own games, they're not terrible. They're solid like open world RPGs. They just have some issues with uh, they just have some issues with um pacing and with the, and their story is kind of weird and they struggle to stay grounded. That's kind of the big one. Yeah, also the whole fair. they do the whole choices your choices matter but actually don't thing. That's the big one that people always bring up.
2: Well, no, I'm gonna give it another try, because apparently I bounced it, off it hard. It is, uh, it's
5: service That's solid. That's solid as far as playability goes. I'd say there's a Robocop reference in it.
2: What?
5: More than one. <laughs> more than one.
2: Ooh, <laughs> okay. I gotta play it just for the Robocop reference. You know, I
4: love Robocop. <laughs> I can actually think of another pick for David, one that oh. he's mentioned before. Okay. Oh, okay. Vampire Survivors. Vampire talked Survivors. About it. Yeah, you've talked about it on the show before. That oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that, true. I remember so, that now.
3: Yeah, that's um, that's an correct observation. I could probably take that one. So, uh, Vampire Survivors. Yeah. Uh, feel free to link it down when I haven't, don't have a link ready here. That was a weird thing. Um, so I spoke here with uh, Julie and Forsten before the stream uh, about uh, clickers, because I like to see numbers go up sometimes. I'm sorry, Brian, but I like those games. I'm, I'm just crazy. It's I'm fine. crazy. Okay. So it's it's some kind of weird... How can I explain clickers? It's, it's basically numbers go up. And uh, the bullet heaven uh, genre makes it, Makes it makes it more interactable. Let's just say that it would be my description. And you have more control over what you're doing. So, yeah, so. I played for about one half an hour, and then I was like, okay, I I clearly don't know what is it is about Vampire Virus. I, I don't get it. But I'm happy to see others are liking it a lot. So um, good job, work. Uh, I mean, um, developer, developer. Yeah. Because, uh, what you can do with Empire's Virus in just 15 minutes or, well, 30 minutes, which is a whole session, is uh, kind of amazing if you were to boil down a whole 100 hour old uh, RPG into a 30 minute session where you collect big weapons and stuff. So, um, yeah, uh. I didn't really prepare for uh, being re- mentioned of uh, vampire survivors again, but yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a good, uh,
4: that's a good call. And and also because it clicked with you, you ended up picking up a couple of other Bullet Heaven games as yes, well.
3: Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs>
4: so that kind of waters, yeah. But but that's that's a good thing about coming back to something that you initially bounced off of. It can inspire you to see what else is out there, how else things have iterated since the first thing that you'd bounced off of.
3: Yes, 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 absolutely. Speaking of, uh, well, we're talking about the Bullet Heavens, um, Arrival Zero Earth did a very weird change uh, when they also updated their graphics, because in that Bullet Heaven game, you actually had to stand still to fire. You don't need to anymore. Now we can move around and shoot and just, like, any other uh, bullet heaven game, so um, cool. I think that's probably for the better. So uh, it uh, feels more linked with others of the genre, maybe I don't know.
4: Perhaps there are some there are some runs in some of these uh, games where it's actually a really good idea to build yourself so that you don't move, like Rub Genesia, for example, which I've played a several dozen hours of there are challenges in which you gain benefits by not moving like extra armor or more damage and then when you move you lose the benefit for several seconds so if oh, you gee. build yourself so that you're not moving yeah you can actually build your, your build around that idea
3: so it basically becomes a tower defense game
4: to an extent yes <laughs>
5: all right that whole (laughs) genre is kind of amazing it's always noticed that haven't been tower defense games uh, are always sort of in the back they're they're never super popular but they're always sort of in the backdrop they're always there yeah that they are i (laughs) like them actually they're neat
4: i mean you got your creeper world uh series which is great
5: absolutely oh yeah absolute peak of the genre
2: It is fascinating to see a subgenre just sprout from one game, like FTL, for example. I just or or Vampire Survivors. It's it's just it's (laughs) always fascinating to see a little new genre come out of one game. I do love that. (laughs) So Spaz, you now that we've uh, had all of our. Now that we've said all our things, you said you had a tangent you wanted to take us on?
4: Yeah. There is a... uh, It's not enough of a topic on its own to justify full podcasts, so I'm tossing this one in here because it is kind of related to what the main topic is. And that is that some games they get put out there as a not early access game, but they're still in development. And as uh, as I mentioned to Brian before the show, that does kind of muddy the waters as far as coverage goes, but it can actually be a really positive thing. And the game I want to mention is one that I picked up recently. It's called Spire of Glory. It is a roguelike with an auto battle system in it. Mm. And... It's an auto battle system where you can you can uh, drag select your units and then move them around, but otherwise the combat is is a full auto battle style. Now the reason I mention this is because it is still in development and not labeled as early access. Well the developer states as when when they were asked about it that it wasn't the intention to be dishonest uh to sh- to put an er- a in development game without putting the early access tag it wasn't trying to m- to muddy the waters necessarily it was trying to be honest because they weren't sure whether or not they could devote full-time development to the game and putting it in as an early access game does put a certain amount of expectation as to what people would expect that yes it's in development yes it will eventually hit 1.0 or at least that's the hope but this game was released that you could in a state where you could get from one end of a run to another and effectively that's feature complete They want to add more stuff to it, but they weren't sure they could devote that kind of time. So the honest thing was to not put it as an early access uh, title. They said after the fact, if I could do it all over again, I probably would go the early access route. But when you're putting a game up on Steam, if you don't put the early access tag on it to begin with, and you put it out in... The non early access state; it's considered a released game, and therefore you can't retroactively add it.
2: Oh,
3: brick your subject! Holy so crap.
2: I, I would think they, I would think if a game is incomplete, that you should add the tag to it
4: early access. You know, I, I honestly, but, but, I, that's, but that's why I say it muddies the waters a little bit. Does. But it can be more honest to not do it that way if you cannot be sure that you're going to be able to make it to 1.0. Because you've seen many examples of games that go radio silent for six months and suddenly they go to full release from whatever beta state they were in. I hate that. Yeah, I do hate that. And that's the flip side to your suggestion of well, just put it in early access. Because maybe that doesn't necessarily work out very well for them.
2: Yeah, but those for those for people like that, their game was never really finished to
4: begin with. So they never,
2: I don't know if they ever should have even started. Right. I don't
4: know. Yeah, they they probably shouldn't have sold it in that case. But but at the same time, I see this as well, someone might bounce off of it because they see an early access tag and they think I'll come back to it when it's 1.0. Well, if the game is fully playable from. Uh, from start to finish but they want to add more stuff to it does that mean that it's still 1.0 with more stuff to come or it's not really so clear cut no and again that makes things that makes things difficult on on the part of people doing coverage but on the other hand development isn't necessarily cut and dry where you can say, Oh, this is beta. This is 1.0. These two things are never exactly the same. I guess, it and... would,
2: I guess it would be nice if the steam and other places gave developers more choice to, as to how to flag their games. Like, can you flag a game incomplete? Can you flag it more to come? Can you flag it pre-release, you know, maybe early access, isn't the blanket all term that it's sh- that it's being used for.
4: I think that's the, the problem is that people see early access and they either say something to the effect of, I will not buy early access because they're not done or they will say it's early access. I'll just wait and let other people do the testing. <laughs> something to those, uh, those effects. Or if they do buy into early access games, like I often do, uh, maybe they'll say, I'll play this for a little bit, put it down, and wait for 1.0. And that's totally fine, too. But, again, it it muddies the waters as to whether or not this thing is a is in a quote-unquote done state.
3: Mm.
4: It's an interesting tangent. Yeah, I'm not sure where I fall on this. Like, <laughs> 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 And that's Honestly. kind of the point. It's not meant to be something cut and dried because no. there, there are many aspects to it. And and there are many reasons why someone could see a game that's got the early access tag, plays a little bit, bounces off. For whatever reasons. Yeah, if they like- don't see the early access tag and they bounce off. There could also be other reasons for that, but if it's still in development,
5: in my tag- day, we just shipped games on discs and didn't have this dumb
1: discussion. <laughs>
2: You're not entirely wrong They're not entirely wrong I mean, there were rare cases of games getting updates Even back then But you'd have to like, oh, mail in your disc one To uh, get a new disc one Or whatever for your game
5: Yeah, there were occasional (laughs) downloading updates But I feel like that is kind of another issue Or. it kind of stands from a big. All this stems from a logic uh, problem of people just expecting games as like perpetual content. Oh. Uh, the games show that games always have more stuff in them, and because of that, you can never tell whether or not the, the game is actually finished. Um, because here's, here's the thing: without a good, a set end point, games and game development can effectively go on forever. Hence, yeah. uh, as, long as, the mo- as long as the money uh, is supplied, hence the game we don't talk about, um, yeah. when, brought, when that is brought to its logical uh, conclusion. So I feel like it's kind of a, there's an issue one step above this, I feel,
2: mm-hmm.
5: which is admittedly common with a lot of problems. Uh, and that issue is the expectation of games just going on forever. The fact that it is not possible to determine to uh, like see to determine a finished game from a non finished one uh, is, I would argue, an issue.
2: You're not wrong. There is an expectation by gamers that games should offer a lot of games, unless specifically told so, should just offer never ending content. Like no other medium or ne- works or
4: never any patches.
2: Yeah. No other you know. medium works like that. Like no one no one releases a book and then it's like, oh wait, page fifteen is wrong. Here's a new page fifteen. Oh, here here's here's appendix A to that book. They're just gonna sell a whole new book. Yeah, uh, movies don't work that way. You know, music doesn't work that way. It's
5: yeah, but I'm not even talking about patches or like making like no, no, existing I stuff I, work better.
2: I, I know I'm get what I'm getting at is no other medium has this yeah. expectation that the game this this book is going to keep giving me content this movie is going to keep going on forever you know like no other no here's other
4: movie and then 6 months later here's another stinger to the end of credits <laughs> exactly that's your dlc that uh, no that's not what happens that's, that's not, not how it happens is. no
2: and and it makes me sad that a lot of gamers feel they they're owed continual content for for these games
5: it's it's hilarious enough why i keep why i keep like not finishing games because what the hell is a finish nowadays
2: i mean i i do do appreciate when a game has a beginning and an end you know i mean a lot of games i could just like like i'm for example inquisitor i'm really glad the campaign the game doesn't end when you finish the quote-unquote campaign you know but I get that there are a lot of games that the developer like had a ending in mind, you know, and I'm fine with that. You know, as long as it's obvious that they have an ending. You know
4: what I mean? Um but Fernando brings up the point uh in, in uh, Twitch twist chat. Uh Steam should limit how much time a game is in early access. That's I'm a not great sure idea. I agree with that. Oh. I'm not sure I agree with that. And the reason I say that is because some games have a long development cycle because there's maybe only one or two people working on it,
1: and the, they want the, to add
4: a lot of stuff. Maybe don't as put long it on, as you're. Well, say, here's the thing: don't, if, don't put if it if on Steam. Then. At, don't put it on Steam. Well, then. if you're looking at if you're looking at Star Sector, that's had a really long development. Cycle. That's that's exactly and, what I was about to bring up. It's not on Steam, right? But there's also other games that have been on for years, or that had been in in development for years, like Pulsar. I also Which, feel like that just wouldn't solve the problem. It wouldn't Ooh. solve the problem because if you say you can only be in early access for 6 months or or a year or some other arbitrary time that doesn't it, that doesn't really encompass realistic development, you know. How many games in the last 2 years would have had to force themselves to leave early access if there was a a a hard limit so to speak because of COVID if there's a hard co- a hard limit of you can only be in access for X amount of years and or X amount of months and you have to come out of early access at that point, how many of those games that got delayed because of COVID would have had to go to 1.0 release because of an arbitrary limit and how many of them would have failed because of being forced to release early hmm And, and you're right, Fernando, you, you mentioned a lot of times early access seems to mean in the first stages of development. Some games enter early access while they're in alpha. Others are in beta, but the time that it takes to go from alpha to beta to a 1.0 or what might pass for 1.0 will vary from game to game. You can't really say uh, in an arbitrary sense, you must release within this window because things happen you can't yeah. you can't force that it just it's bad for developers if you do that
1: mm.
4: yeah I don't think there's an easy
2: I don't think there's an easy answer to this because there's no one way to develop a game and there there's you know And
4: uh, 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 you, you can't say a one person team is going to be able to work at the same pace right I not mean, the same amount of product as say a, a 300 person studio. It just doesn't happen that way.
2: Well, see, that's why I kind of wish there were more ways to mark a game on something like steam just than just early access, because that would allow for more transparency, which is what I think we really need here is more transparency. I agree. Early access. The, the term early access, I don't think is enough. You know, I think we need to broaden it to allow developers to mark their game however they see fit to determine okay, so it's going on sale today. It's in beta. That's where I feel this game is. It's in beta. I'm going to mark it as a beta. It's feature complete. I just need people to test it and find... Or this is an alpha. It's not done. I need help with, you know, not only bug fixing, but suggestions on features, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't think early access is enough of a a tag, basically, for... The thing
0: uh, is, uh, the time was... Back in the day, as they say,
2: which was a tu- um, which was a Tuesday back in yeah, day. which was a
0: Tuesday it was a Tuesday uh, <laughs> back in the day <laughs> when you said a game was in beta, it you, it was actually I was in the beta for Ultima Online. You actually went out there and you tested the game and you turned in. Uh, reports and said, this is wrong. This is a glitch. They fixed it. But now, beta is just something that's like marketing. It says, oh, you have access to the beta. Uh, uh,
2: That's a good point. And
0: now to the point where Disney has some game out there that's going to be free to play this year, that they were actually selling it, selling early access to it last year. And I thought, one of these little plans you're selling here early access is like the price of a full game and yet if you just wait to like February this year it's free and so it's just a lot of times things like that have just become a marketing ploy
3: and that's sad
2: absolutely
3: I've seen it too a uh, whole lot
4: yeah no you're right I mean right. I- you know early access you're effectively paying to join an alpha or beta and the same can be said of uh of getting a game backing it on kickstarter oftentimes it will be that depending on your tier you might end up being in uh waiting for the 1.0 release and sometimes you're uh you're jumping in by paying extra and you are gaining access to it before other people do and that's okay in my book, honestly, because you know why? It's your choice whether or not to pay on the higher tier to get earlier access than other people. And you're not getting a a completely finished product. So I've seen people buy into early access on day one and then complain about bugs and say, why isn't this polished or things like that? As if there's some... Magical expectation that that's what they're going to get. I don't know why it happens. And
0: see, there's also this, the, the, viewpoint that people get when they see early access games especially kickstarter games that never get finished and this is why unless i see if it's an early access game and i trust the developer i'll i'll buy into it but anymore you know you get burned they get burned so often it just you know i was in early access to one game and i don't even remember the game but it was just like it was great guns and everybody was playing it with some voxel space game. And, and yet it reached the point before ever even came out that there was only a hundred players worldwide and it just was never developed. And so it's like, wow, I really feel burnt on this. And that's why I'm always, I'm always very cautious about early access games. Hmm.
2: Not unfair, a lot of people have gotten burned by early access. That is completely not unfair. <laughs>
3: kinetic Void comes to mind.
2: Ugh. uh, no, I was thinking, what was it? Deep Base Nine, deep, deep, what was that one? Base
4: Base DF9. Yeah, that oh, yeah, that funny. was the thing that tried to happen. <sighs> yeah, it, it tried, it certainly
2: tried. It did. uh I'm still, I'm still angry about that one. I didn't even buy the damn thing. <laughs> I'm still I did. Oh, you did? Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm That's sorry. A it was game, right? serviceable at the
5: time. Just got dropped water over the way through development. I ended up with just nothing to do in it.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. No, this seems like a good time to wrap up. It's been about an hour. Yeah. Um, So, folks, that's going to do it for uh, this week's podcast. Next week, we actually have a guest. We're going to be welcoming back Ken Burnside of Ad Astra Games. Now, this isn't a video game we're talking about. It's a series of board games. Highly detailed, very serious uh, space fighter dogfight board games, which are above my head. So, Jacob, you're taking the lead on that one next week. Oh,
5: well Absolutely. I was, uh, <laughs> I, I, I am for the idea. And by take credit, I mean, take credit for mentioning the podcast in, uh, in Ken's discord and him going, can I, uh, can I, uh, can I go and? Uh, can I go and uh talk there? And I went,
2: sure. Yeah. He, he came on a while back and he's a great guest, but board games are not my thing. And, and I just, I, I look at it.
5: I'm more than willing to uh, take over yeah. and explain how everything, how it goes. Appreci- We're already, uh,
2: appreciated. <laughs>
5: Like, I've already, I'm already good. like. He's already asked me what uh, what the actual uh, topics should be and what he should talk about. To which I said, "We just kind of go nuts." Well, also you, <laughs> that's how topics tend to go. But sure, fair enough. I'll say like what's
2: At least start off with. I'll 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 do a quote from uh, Galaxy Quest. Explain it as you would a child. That's how you got to start off. because uh, <laughs> <yes. laughs>
5: works for me. I am a, sure. Works. I, am, works.
2: I am a toddler when it comes to this stuff and so uh so it's going to be an interesting show. So it's it's called at they're called Ad Astra Games. They have several games. I think the big one is uh Squadron Strike. Am I remembering correctly? Yes, that's yeah, the
5: that's- big one that they're coming up with. It is a sort of semi sequel to Attack Vector Tactical, which is uh, uh which is for insane people, Squadron Strike is for slight for n- normal-ish people. <laughs> uh, and it is the core one that's currently getting a lot of development. It is getting a lot of modules and the big. Uh, basically, it's okay. I'm not going to spoil the whole thing. So I'm not going to explain. Uh, if you want to hear
1: about it, come, uh, come to the yeah, podcast next yeah. sa- week. Thank sa- you very much.
2: Save the big. Save the bit. Like you can talk about it like in big brushstrokes, but like, yeah, save it for. Um... For next week. So that's our going to be our topic for next week. And no stream tomorrow. I have a work thing I got to do. So no stream tomorrow. Um, we'll see you back here on Friday. For more uh, F-19 Cell Fighter. Have a great one everyone. Uh, be safe. Be well. Thank you as always to our patrons. who help keep the lights on around here. And thank you as always to everyone who's gotten vaccinated. If you haven't gotten vaccinated. For the love of whatever deity you might believe in. Please do so. Even if you don't believe in a deity, we live in a goddamn society. (laughs) So please get vaccinated. Please. For the love of whatever. Uh, See you next time, y'all. Have a good one. Bye-bye.